This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this young lady on. Her name is Caroline Levitt. Or no, it's not Levitt. It's Levitt. We just talked about this. Caroline Levitt, L-E-A-V-I-T-T. She's the National Press Secretary for President Trump. Caroline, good to see you face-to-face. We followed each other for a long time. How are you? I'm doing great, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. We really, really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you making the time today. First and foremost, I have to ask you about you. Are you going to be in Congress? Are you going to run again? I mean, is that something that you want to still do? No, that's definitely not something I'm thinking about now. It was a great experience. I have no regrets about it. I met so many wonderful people across this country. But now I'm honored to be in this position working for President Trump's campaign and helping him get over the finish line in November. That's our focus 24 hours a day. There really, truly is no no time to think about anything else. Well, good. And I appreciate that. I love that he's got you on his team. I think that you're amazing. When when you ran, you, you skyrocketed in my mind, in the minds of all conservatives who love the Constitution and love America because you were saying the right things and doing the right things and i think that he's very smart to bring you on so so god bless you for doing that you know that i'm sitting in texas right i'm I'm not i'm not that far from the border in the san antonio area and yesterday was such a a mind-blowing day you had biden go to a place that where there's nobody coming across and the the front line i don't know if you knew this tell president trump if you didn't know this the front line border patrol agents were told they could not be where he was they were not allowed to go and be with him and then you've got Trump, who goes to Shelby Park, where the big fight is, and goes to Eagle Pass, where there are tons of people coming in every day, and he's got he's surrounded by everybody. Caroline, watching that just from afar, I was going, wow, how is this the same state? How is this the same border? How are these two even running against each other when one is right and one is so far wrong? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yesterday served as a great contrast for the American people to see. We had President Trump go to the epicenter of the border invasion that our country has been suffering from over the past nearly four years. He went to Eagle Pass. He met with state and local law enforcement who have been on the front lines of this war zone. That's truly what it is. It's a war zone. President Trump was standing in front of barbed wire across the river from illegal immigrants who were hoping to cross the border. As a matter of fact, he gave them away. And then you juxtapose that image with Joe Biden, who is incredibly weak, was shuffling around, could not uh, understand where he was supposed to stand. The words on his teleprompter were massive. And he goes to Brownsville, which is a place that thanks to Governor Greg Abbott and the great state and local law enforcement on the ground has been largely secured because they have taken steps against the federal government's wishes to secure that area. Joe Biden did not go there to seek solutions. He went down there because his political handlers know that he's incredibly weak on this issue. They need to catch up to the former president. But yesterday showed it's not going to work. President Trump owns the issue of immigration because he secured our border before and he's ready to do it again. Follow her over on X. It's K-L-E-A-V-I-T-T-N-H. 
uh, at Kay Levitt. It's Caroline Levitt, the National Press Secretary for President Trump. And watching it and just picking apart some of what they were saying, you go to Trump, who's talking about, um, you know, Lake and Riley, who was killed by an illegal alien that should not have been here, that had been deported before, that's a bad guy from Venezuela or something. And then you've got Biden talking about climate change. Caroline, again, it's like I was watching Bizarro World. Was I watching a movie where they were showing opposites to me? Because, again, one guy has been there a billion times. Trump goes there all the time as president, as a campaigner, as just a private citizen. And Biden goes when it's time for a photo op. So how do you juxtapose those as the national press secretary? One guy's talking about climate change and attacking Greg Abbott at the same time, while the other guy's going, yeah, let's fix this. And most disgustingly, yesterday, Joe Biden did not take responsibility for the crisis at the border. Once again, he pointed the finger at President Trump, his opponent, who hasn't been in office for four years, who created the most secure border in in history and handed it to Joe Biden. Joe Biden, all he had to do when he took office was nothing. Just keep the Trump era policies in place and we would have continued to have a, a secure border. But for political reasons, to appease the far left Democrats in this party, Joe Biden, with the swipe of a pen, erased and reversed all of President Trump's policies. And now we're in the mess that we're in. And yesterday, he again refused to take responsibility for the crisis. He said Republicans and Trump are to blame. Nobody with common sense who sees this crisis for what it is actually believes that. And that's why, again, Joe Biden is underwater in this issue, not just in your beautiful, great state of Texas, but in every state across this country. Immigration has become the number one issue on voters' minds. And Donald Trump is leading on it in every battleground state. And it's because every state has become a border state. We are seeing now this new migrant crime wave take place, especially in American Democrat-run sanctuary cities, where illegal immigrants are not only welcomed, given free prepaid debit cards, and housed in our previously beautiful historic hotels, but they are also being released after committing more heinous crimes. That's what we saw in the case of Lake and Riley. Her death was entirely preventable, and that's what makes it all the more tragic. Yeah, she dared go for a morning jog, and you can't even do that and feel safe in this country. And that's a real problem at this point. It's uh, Caroline Levitt. She is the National Press Secretary for former President Donald Trump. How frustrating must it be for you and the entire campaign that the media just won't ask the simple question? You just alluded to it. Let's just say it directly. President Trump had policies in place that worked. On day one, Biden undid the policies through executive action. 94 executive actions that got rid of stay in Mexico and Title 8 and Title 42 and, and catching release was put back in place and then yesterday he had the gall to say we've got to get more judges so we can adjudicate them faster because right now the way it works it's it's a magnet how frustrating is it that the media just well maybe Ducey every once in a while will ask a good question but the media all they have to do every time kjp says something ridiculous or biden does or harris does the answer should be why don't you just undo the executive actions you did and then worry about legislation Exactly. The legacy media, and President Trump says this all the time, and he's right, is the greatest problem that we have in this country because they are a one-state media. They push the Democrat Party and the Biden White House's talking points. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, our team received an inquiry from fake news NBC, and their narrative was alleging that there is not an increase in migrant crime across the country. First of all, how dare they write that story after a beautiful young woman was just tragically murdered? 
murdered and beaten to death because of an illegal immigrant who was welcomed here. They are doing the bidding of Joe Biden's White House in trying to dissipate and minimize the consequences of these open border policies. One American life taken at the hands of someone who has no right to be here in the first place is one too many. President Trump believes that. That's why he's fighting to run again. That's why he's fighting to be our president again, because he loves this country. He loves our uh, the American people, and he wants to secure our borders and protect American families from the tragedy that we saw in Georgia. And unfortunately, tragically, Lake and Riley is not the only life that has been lost at the hands of this border crisis. There are many, many more victims whose lives have been cut short. Young women across this country who have been raped and sexually assaulted by these disgusting monsters who Joe Biden is allowing to roam free. We've got people who are in Venezuelan gangs kicking you know, cops on the ground in New York City and then right. flipping off the cameras as they're let go without any bail. It doesn't make any sense what's going on. So maybe this is an obvious question with an obvious answer, Caroline. But on day one, Trump just does what he did last time, right? He just signs the executive actions and puts the policies back in place that work. Absolutely. Yes. President Trump has vowed on day one, the moment that he is inaugurated, he will get to work to securing the border. He will use the executive action that he used in his first term to secure it. The same executive action, by the way, that Joe Biden used to open it and now somehow refuses to use to secure it because he doesn't want to secure it. President Trump will do that the moment he's inaugurated. He's also promised to launch the largest mass deportation operation of illegal criminals in American history. And that sounds like a a noble goal, and it certainly is. How do we do it? President Trump will empower state and local law enforcement on the ground to work with federal ICE agents and, the, and our great, brave United States Border Patrol from the Department of Homeland Security to not just arrest these criminals when they commit crimes and then release them back into American communities, but to immediately deport them as far away as we possibly can so that they do not return. A huge policy that will be re-implemented is, of course, remain in Mexico. It was incredibly effective in President Trump's first term. It, it ensured that those that were not actually seeking asylum, which is the vast majority of these illegal migrants will have to stay in their own home country and wait their turn like the rest of the wonderful legal immigrants that we have in this country today that right. have made this country what it is. It's unfair not only to the American people, it's especially unfair to the legal immigrants that live here today that waited their turn, that paid their dues, that love this country, assimilated to our culture and see what's going on. And they're disgusted by it, too. You know, are you in my brain? Because that was the next question about how do you get rid of them? I'm glad that you went there. One thing that jumps out at me is when the Northern Triangle told Trump, we're not taking, we're not going to repatriate anybody. We're not taking anybody back. And they actually put, I think, planes or cars or trucks on the runway. And Trump said, oh, cool. How much money do we send you every year? We're not going to send you any. And they moved the planes exactly. and they moved the cars. He was able to negotiate very quickly with them. But here's one problem that he may have. And I wonder if, if you thought about this or if he's talked to you about this. Venezuela doesn't play nicely with us. And we've just said, we're going to start repatriating. And Venezuela said, we're not taking your planes. You can't land here. How would the president, how would President Trump go about dealing with a country run by a strong man like Maduro who says, yeah, we're not taking him back. President Trump will deal with Venezuela and all of our adversaries in the same way that he did in his first term. And that's exuding peace through strength. That is using the leverage of the United States of America, the greatest country in the world with the strongest military and formerly the best economy that will happen again under his leadership. But he will make everyone know that if you do not play ball with the United States, if you do not negotiate with him, 
then you will pay serious damning repercussions. And we have that leverage over all of our adversary nations because a lot of them we're funding, right? Our foreign aid budget is massive. We are giving money, especially to our allies who also need to step up and pay their fair share as well. So we'll go back to a place when President Trump is in the Oval Office where America is respected and in some cases when necessary feared. And you will see our allies stepping up to the plate again. You'll see our adversaries being deterred in their aggression again. And that has been totally unraveled by Joe Biden's weakness. First of all, he can't even speak. So nobody takes him seriously. Never mind President uh, or or Vladimir Putin in Russia or President Xi in China. None of them do. They're taking advantage of us every day. And then you combine that with Joe Biden's incompetence policies that actually fund our adversaries. Hamas was funded by Joe Biden's administration. Iran was funded by Joe Biden's administration in his war on our energy production here at home, which was helping them get more rich and strong. And so all of that will end. We'll go back to a peace through strength foreign policy to not only secure our homeland, but also deter aggression overseas. And people like hearing that. And let's go overseas. It's Caroline Levitt. Uh, go follow her, K-L-E-A-V-I-T-T-N-H, over on uh, Twitter and or X. She's the Trump national press secretary. What about Ukraine? Uh, I noticed that that Ukraine was attacked by Russia during Obama. Uh, they took Crimea. And then during Biden, nothing during Trump. And in fact, uh, recently, Putin said, I would rather have Biden. He's more predictable than Trump. He doesn't like dealing with somebody who is not going to take his garbage. So what do you do? Because this war, let's say the president wins this November, and I pray he does. You want him to win, and millions and millions of Americans want him to win. What do you do about Ukraine? We're going to send him $60 billion more, another $100 billion? Do we sit down and negotiate? Because the word is... If you believe Putin, and nobody's argued with him since he said it, the word is Minsk agreements would have stopped this from happening, or the Istanbul agreement would have stopped this from happening. What does the president do? What does President Trump do day one when it comes to Ukraine? Something's got to be done. The blank checks will end and a peace negotiation will immediately begin. We cannot continue to write checks on the American taxpayers' dime. American taxpayers who are already struggling because of Bidenomics, who are relying on their credit card debt to get by, who are spending thousands of dollars more every single year just to have the same quality of life as a few years ago. We cannot continue to afford to take their money to fund a war very far away with no actual strategic plan to end that war. President Trump has been saying this now for two years. So he will negotiate a peace deal between Zelensky and Putin that makes sense for both sides and will stop the killing on both sides, period. And therefore, the American taxpayer will no longer have to fund this war. And it's so funny because the mainstream lamestream legacy media has been pushing this false narrative that Donald Trump will cave to Putin. We've been hearing this same false narrative since 2016. It's like Groundhog Day with these people. You wake up and they're saying the exact same thing. President Trump deterred our adversaries when he was in office, including Vladimir Putin, who did not invade Russia when he was in power, but invaded it when Joe Biden took office. That tells you everything that you need to know. To have a strong leader and commander in chief and president Trump again, just that alone, just his reelection will go a long ways in ensuring peace around this world. And he has promised to end the war in Ukraine in 24 hours. And the American people should trust him and believe him on that. Well, he's proven that what he says he does, so that's good. And I think people want that. It's Caroline Levitt, who is, again, the uh, the National Press Secretary for President Trump. When it comes to Russia, they're starting this whole collusion BS again. And what they want us to believe is that somehow Russia got a hold of Hunter Biden's laptop, changed things on it through AI and other stuff, and then Rudy Giuliani for Donald Trump, then turned it over to the New York Post. Now, you and I both know. 
Oh, the FBI had that laptop since 19. They had it since December of 19. It's untouched. They verified that it is Hunter Biden's laptop. Nothing was added by Russia or anybody else. But you've got people like Lev Parnas out there who's trying to make the argument that you should believe Burisma and believe uh, Biden and believe the, uh, the bottom line is this. They're trying to confuse people. They want people to think that somehow Donald Trump is colluding with Russia again. Not that he ever did the first time. And, and does the president have to address that or can he just blow that off and focus on what the American people want to hear? That's the attack right now, as you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I know well, because we're dealing with the fake news every single day on this campaign. Right. And they flood our inboxes every minute of the hour with these false narratives that they themselves concoct and that they themselves collude with the Biden White House to manufacture and push. Yes. As we saw in 2016, Hillary Clinton's campaign paid for the Steele dossier to be created. They worked with our intelligence agencies to allegedly legitimize it, put some credibility behind it, and then they dished it out to their friends in the mainstream media who regurgitated it for years right. until the American people unfortunately believed it as truth. Now we know years later that it wasn't the truth at all. President Trump never colluded with the Russians. They impeached him over it. They impeached him over asking about the corruption in Ukraine that we right. now know the actual uh, co-conspirators with Ukraine was Joe Biden and his corrupt right. crime family who were profiting millions of dollars off of their foreign business dealings. And so everything that the mainstream media accuses Donald Trump of, just peel back the curtain a little bit. And usually Joe Biden and the Democrats are guilty of that very thing. They try to confuse the American people. But the good news is this. It's been eight years of this. It's been eight years of lies and smears and two impeachments. And now all of these political lawfare uh, uh, witch hunts that we're seeing take place in our legal system. The people have had enough. They're fed up. And they remember how much better their lives were under Donald Trump's leadership. And to see him be attacked viciously all of the time, it just smells fishy to a lot of Americans. And they're right to be uh, to not trust our government institutions because it's all a bunch of lies. Uh, Caroline, I've got maybe 30 seconds left. If you can quickly just maybe opine on this, and I'll ask him more about this on Monday. But how is he holding up when it comes to all these cases, 91 different charges? Every case is specious. There is nothing to any of these cases, yet they keep on attacking. They said they would, and they're doing it. How's he holding up? He's stronger than ever. Every time he's punched, he wants to punch back 10 times yeah. harder. It's so it's such an incredible thing to witness. The man is so strong. He's so tough. He's so good. And he's in this to fight for the American people. Let's not forget, Joe, he doesn't have to be doing this. There's a very nice place called Mar-a-Lago that he could be there yeah. every single day. <laughs> but he's choosing to step into the arena to fight for our country because he loves it that much. Uh, Caroline, great job. I'm glad that he's got you on the trail with him. She's the National Press Secretary for Donald Trump. Caroline Levitt, go and follow her everywhere. Thanks a lot for coming on. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details.
to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. That was great to have um, Caroline Levitt. She is the National Press Secretary for Donald Trump. We will have the boss on Monday. He's scheduled to come on Monday. And we'll do it in the first hour and the third hour, which is kind of what I like to do when we have somebody who's so big on, and he certainly is huge. So we'll have him on on uh, Monday. Make sure you don't miss that. Still working on get you, uh, getting you Tulsi Gabbard for tonight and also writer. Um, guy I had on recently. Joe Pags.